5, Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. I'm going to launch off this verse, and we're going to go to the book of Joshua. We're going to read several verses in there before the morning's message is over. But um, uh, here's where we're going to start. Joshua chapter 5, verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day. Can I... uh, Will you bear with me this morning for a few moments and let's just take a break from talking about coronavirus. Is that okay with everybody? Apparently it's over with now. We've got a new president, so the virus is all... I haven't heard anything about it since the new president's been elected, so uh, it's amazing how... White House can change and the virus leaves. That's amazing how that works. So we, we're not going to talk about that, and we're not going to talk about the presidential election. I'll just be honest with you. I'm tired of hearing about Trump and Biden. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear about Jesus, and uh, because he's the one thing that never changes. So if you, if you would just bear with me this morning, um, and let's just take a break away from the coronavirus and let's take away a break away from the presidential election. And let's just, let's talk about you and me and our spiritual journey. Let's talk about that. Is that okay with everybody? Notice what the Lord says to Joshua. He said, I'm going to roll away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. Uh, in the book of Joshua... Uh, if you haven't read it in a while, let me encourage you to read it. It's just a fun book to read. They're always beating up somebody, killing somebody, stabbing somebody, chasing away somebody, running away from somebody. It's just a wonderful book of encouragement. So I encourage you to read the book of Joshua if you hadn't lately. But in the book of Joshua chapter 1, let's go to Joshua. Go over there to Joshua chapter 1, verse number 1. Notice what it says. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these pre people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I have given you. Now, here's where we are Joshua has taken over. The Bible says Moses has died. And what's interesting about these first few verses is that the leader died, but the plan of God didn't change. The leader died, but the plan of God didn't change. Governments have different leaders, but God's plan still remains the same. Churches get different pastors, but God's plan still remains the same. And what I've discovered over the years is that people have a tendency to become loyal to the leader instead of the plan of God. And a lot of times when a leader changes or a pastor changes or a business executive changes, people who have been more loyal to the leader will leave when that leader leaves. And that's never God's plan. What would, what, wonder if God would have died. Wonder if God would have said, well, Moses is dead. It's over with. I ain't got a plan for you anymore. But that's not the way God works. The Bible says that God said, 
Moses, my servant, who I loved, who was a friend of God, he's died, but God's always got somebody else. Because God's plan is for everlasting to everlasting. His truth is to generations to generations. His mercy is for our children and our grandchildren and to a thousand generations. It doesn't stop just because our favorite personality went off the scene. See? And God said, listen, my servant Moses has died, but now you're the new, you're the new servant, Joshua. And the thing I promised Moses, I'm going to do the same thing for you. Now, so Joshua's, he's been here before. He's been here. He's been at this exact location before because you remember 40 years earlier before this moment, Joshua was one of the 12 spies that Moses had sent out to spy out the land. You know the story, Deuteronomy chapter 13. God, Moses sends out the land. They just been, they had been delivered from Egypt. They got out of their bondage and they're getting ready to go into the land flowing with milk and honey that God had promised them. And God said to Moses, send out 12 spies to spy out the land to see what kind of land it is and all the food and all the riches and all the wonderful things that are there. And Moses sent out 12 spies. Ten came back with a bad report. Only two came back with a good report, and they were Joshua and Caleb. Unfortunately, the people of Israel chose to believe the bad report. So for 40 years, the people of Israel, listen, though they were delivered from Egypt, though they were delivered from their bondage, though they had a testimony of deliverance, they never were able to enjoy God's best because they never moved beyond their testimony. Do you hear me? They never moved beyond their testimony. There comes a time in every one of our lives that ever, eventually, if you're going to achieve your destiny that God has for you, you've got to move beyond your testimony into the plan that God has for you. See? And Moses was there. I mean, uh, Joshua's there. He comes back to this place 40 years later. Turn with me to Colossians Keep your finger right there and turn over to Colossians chapter 1. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Notice what the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. Paul understand this truth, understood this truth. He said this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now don't ever forget this. Just don't forget this. Listen to this. If you continue to live on the deliverance side of the gospel, your Christian existence will be in the wilderness. Now, I'm going to explain that to you. But if you continue to live, live on the deliverance side of the gospel, your Christian existence will be in the wilderness. The children of Israel were delivered from the bondage of Egypt. They were delivered from their addiction. They were delivered from their slavery. They were delivered from their abuse. They were delivered from their enemies. They were delivered from their tormentors. They were delivered from their bad memories. But they were still in the wilderness. They were delivered from all that, but were still in the wilderness. Listen to what Paul said. He said, God has delivered us from something. We thank God for that. But that's not where you stay. That's not where you stay. He has translated us into the kingdom 
of God's dear son. We thank the Lord for our testimony. It's a huge part of our story, but it's not the completion of our story. The children of Israel received deliverance from Egypt, but just being delivered was not God's ultimate plan for their lives and their family. It was part of the plan, but it was not the entire plan. God's plan for your life is to move forward. God wants you to move beyond your deliverance into your destiny. Thank God you're delivered from your addiction. But God don't want you to be known as just somebody delivered from addiction. He wants you to be known as a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And what He's got planned for you in your future. See? Well, I'm, I'm excited about it. All right? So we go back to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. We read that Joshua is at the same place with the children of Israel that Moses was 40 years earlier. The difference at this point was 40 years earlier, the warriors who came out of Egypt with Moses, they've all died. And now there's a new crowd of men, a new group of warriors. And we pick it up in Joshua chapter 5, Verse number 2, Joshua calls a men's meeting. He calls a men's meeting. Joshua chapter 5, verse that 2. At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourselves, and circumcise the son of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself, and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of their foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt, who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore He would show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that He would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons, whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they all stayed in their places in the camp until they were healed. So Joshua Joshua says, I've been here before. And God says he's going to give me the land, like he said he's going to give Moses the land, But we didn't take it last time. He says, so we're not going that way this time. I'm tired of this wilderness. I'm tired of being delivered, but not free. See, I'm tired of being delivered, but not free. And he said, so what we're going to do, I'm calling a men's meeting. And he calls a men's meeting and he tells all the guys, bring your pocket knives. Now, most men's meetings... Guys, you'll see them, they love to eat. Men's meetings are great on eating. And men's meetings are great on shooting things and blowing up things. And if you get around them, a table of men, they'll bring out pocket knives. And they'll, well, got case knife here, and they got a buck knife here. And they got, in fact, a guy came up after first service and said, let me show you my pocket knife. And he said, you want to use this for second service? I said, no, I need a machete. I don't need no pocket knife for what I'm going to do. I, I need a machete here. And, and uh, he calls a men's meeting. He says, now we're going to have food. We're going to have laughter. We're going to shoot our guns. And he says, we're going to circumcise. 
I want to tell you, that's not the kind of men's meeting you call to launch a good men's drive. All right? We're not, we're not, we don't want to, we haven't done that yet, Bubba. We need to try that. That, 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 that might, might help us there. Um, you say, why in the world do we do, why did they do that? Well, the purpose of the circumcision was to establish covenant with the new crowd. See, circumcision was a sign of covenant. And the covenant was literally obedience to the word of God. So when we obey the Word of God, the Word will cut away the flesh parts of our life that have been hanging on from Egypt. Now remember, they're out of Egypt. They're out of Egypt. They've been delivered. But God says, no, you're going to have to be circumcised because, see, even though you're out of Egypt, there's still some Egypt hanging on to you. There's still some Egypt hanging on to you. And a lot of us have been set free from the life we were, but we haven't yet stepped over into the life God has for us because we keep hanging on to some of Egypt. Not enough to get us back there in bondage, but we still flirt with it from time to time. And the Bible tells us here, what if we're going to go forward and accomplish everything God has for our life and become what God has for us, we're going to have to fully surrender to the Word of the Lord. And that's what this was all about. This was not about defeating an army uh, weapon against weapon. This was about the men of God of Israel that were the new men who had been born during this 40 years of wilderness that had not been circumcised. What they were, they had not surrendered to the covenant of God. The word of the Lord. And the first thing you and I, to move from where we were to where God wants us to be, we've got to be people of the covenant. People who are totally surrendered to the word of the Lord. I see this happen a lot with men's groups. Back many years, 30 years ago, I was invited to speak several times for Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. How many remember the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship? Wonderful organization. Just an absolutely wonderful organization. And they reached a lot of men. Reached a lot of men. A real revival of men took place. But uh, as quick as it started, it disbanded. It just kind of disappeared. And, and nowadays, nowadays, you don't even hear anything about it. And the reason why it disappeared is because for years, they lived on simply the deliverance side of the gospel. Every time you'd get in a full gospel businessmen's fellowship, all they wanted to do was men stand around and sit around and talk about their testimonies. What they'd been delivered from. Now listen, we thank God for our testimony. We appreciate it, but that's not the end of the story. That's just the beginning of the story. And eventually, full gospel businessmen just suddenly and immediately, without warning, just lost its steam and disbanded. Simply because God has delivered you from something for the very purpose of putting you into something else. A greater place in Christ. So the first thing you and I must do is that we must surrender to the word of the Lord. Once we've been set free. Now get the the picture here. The children of Israel are out of bondage. They are set free. 
They have been delivered, but they're still in the wilderness. For 40 years they're in the wilderness. Yet God had promised them a promised land, but they hadn't got there. Now, turn with me to Joshua chapter 5, verse 12. Joshua chapter 5, verse 12. The Bible says, Then the manna ceased. After the circumcision men's meeting, Then the manna ceased. On the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they had ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. So for 40 years, now listen, this is amazing. For 40 years, they never had to be concerned about food. For 40 years. Every morning they'd get up and there was food on the ground. For 40 years. They had enough for them, their families, their children, their grandchildren. For 40 years. They never had to go hunt. They never had to fish. They never had to plant. They never had to water. They never had to sow. Whether it was rocky ground, didn't make any difference. Whether it was good soil to plant, didn't make any difference. Whether it rained, whether it didn't rain. Regardless of where they were, on the mountaintop or in the valley, it made no difference. Whether they were there a week, whether they were there for two years, it didn't make any difference. They never thought about food. Never had to give it a thought because God supernaturally, abundantly provided them food while they were in the wilderness. They had enough to get by, but that wasn't God's best. And suddenly, one day, they wake up after they surrender to the covenant of God. They wake up and they go out to gather manna and it's no longer there. Notice what it says. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Cana that year. Here's the point you and I need to understand. Something stops, something stopping, something stopping in your life may not be the setback you think it is. Something stopping in your life might not be the setback you think it is. We've had food for 40 years. We never had to worry about food. And now it stopped. Without warning, bang, it stopped. And you think, "Uh uh-oh, bad. Something stopping in your life might not be the setback you think it is. Because look what it says in verse number 11. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. Here's what you and I need to understand. On this day, after they surrendered to the word of the Lord, the covenant of God, the Bible says the manna stops. And when the manna stopped, guess what immediately happened next? Grain came. Well, what do you do? Grain doesn't do you no good. You got to plant it. And for it to be planted, guess what? You got to have soil. And to have soil, you got to take the land. Are you with me? Listen, listen to what he's saying. See, see, some of us have been operating in God's merciful provision all these years. And we've never exercised our faith for anything. We've just been getting the slop over blessings. 
And God says, there comes a time in your Christian experience. If you're going to walk in everything I've got for you, you're going to have to exercise your faith and use some faith to get what I've promised to you. Notice, when the manna stopped, the grain showed up, but grain in no good, just grain. You've got to have soil to put it in. Hey, but remember what God said? I've given you the soil. I've given you the land. But for you to get it, you've got to go out there and exercise your faith. If you and I are going to accomplish what God's called us to accomplish with our life. Now, you can live the rest of your life just barely getting by. You can live the rest of your life just saved. Nothing wrong with that. You'll go to heaven. But I want you to know God's called you so much more than just getting saved and just being a person who got set free. He's called you to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. See? A setback, something stopping in your life might not be the setback you think it is. If you're going to move from your deliverance into our destiny, we must exercise our faith. Here's the third thing. I only got two more. Hang with me. Third thing, look at Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. I love this story. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 13. Notice what it says. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He said, No, but as the commander of the army of the Lord... I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals from off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. All right, let's set it up. Um, Joshua, Moses died. Joshua's the new leader. God says to Joshua, I promised Moses the land. He wanted it. You and Caleb wanted it. Nobody else wanted it. Y'all wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses is dead. All those men are dead. Now my plan hadn't changed. So I want you to take the land. But before you can take the land, you've got to circumcise everybody. Everybody's got to become committed to the word of the Lord and the covenant of the Lord. If you're going to take the land, I'm not going to abundantly provide for you miraculously anymore. You're going to have to exercise your faith. And then he says this, the next day after he decided to exercise his faith, he he goes out of his tent after waking up the next morning and he sees this guy with this big sword. And he must have been an angelic being. He had to be an angelic being. And the Bible says that Joshua went up to him and said, Let me ask you a question. Are you for us? Are you for our enemies? And I like what the uh, one translation says that the angel said. The angel looked at Joshua and said, Listen, I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. In this turbulent, tormenting time that we're in our nation, that we've been in the middle of our nation during these last 10 months with the coronavirus and with the presidential elections and all the division and all the strife. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. He came to take over. 
And we, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, unfortunately, we have gotten on sides. And we need to get on His side, which is the Lord's side. And He says, I didn't come to take sides, I came to take over. And Joshua, a man of war, a very successful man of war, when he heard that, notice what the Bible says, he fell down and began to worship. He fell down. Now, I didn't go into it in the first service. I didn't go into it, but I, I, I got to just a minute. I want to go into it. Listen, remember, remember when Moses was in the wilderness and he, and he had a burning, the burning bush experience? Do you remember the burning bush experience? And the, and the voice came out of the bush and says, Take off your shoes where you standing is holy ground. Now, notice, notice, what, the, notice what this guy said to, to Joshua. He says, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell off, fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to my servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Listen, in the, in the primitive Old Testament, in that culture, feet, feet were a place of exchange. Feet were a place of exchange. Even in the New Testament, when, remember when they washed the disciples' feet, they were exchanging mercy for a tough life. They were exchanging humility for pride. Anytime feet were involved, it was a place of exchange. And when God said to Moses, take off your shoes, the place you're on is holy ground. And he took off his shoes and then when God the, the angel said to Joshua, take off your shoes, your own holy ground. And he fell down. There was an exchange taking place. Listen, if you and I are ever going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, there's got to be an exchange to take place. we got to get naked before God and get rid of all of our stuff and let Him exchange all of our unrighteousness with His righteousness. All of our baggage, all of our memory, all of our hurt and our pain with His healing and health. They've got to be an exchange. We can't go into the promised land carrying all this stuff from Egypt with us. There has to be an exchange that takes place. And that's exactly what was happening. An exchange was taking place. Everybody with me? Now, let me close it with this. Look at Numbers, uh, Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Now Jericho was securely shut up because the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given you Jericho into the hand, into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. So listen, if you're going to ever get out of the wilderness, it's not a matter of you've been delivered. Yeah, you've been delivered. It's not a matter if you've been saved. Yeah, you're saved. It's not a matter, do you have a worthy testimony? Yes, you've got a worthy testimony. But are you everything God's called you to be? Are you enjoying everything God's has for you? Are you walking in the things that God has planned for you in your future? If you're ever going to get there, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to be totally obedient to the Word of God. That's the first thing. And the second thing, you've got to be willing to let some things stop in your life. Can't keep hanging on to everything that 
you've had. You've got to let some things stop in your life. And then the third thing is you've got to have an exchange of God's glory. The Bible says he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He took our sin, he gave us his righteousness. He took our sickness, he gave us his healing. He took our poverty and he gave us his blessing. He took our, our chastisement of our peace was upon him. See, he, he, it's an exchange took place. And then once all that happens, you got to start seeing different. You got to start seeing different. See, some of you are that were had your hopes built on a certain person to be the president, and that person did not get to be the president. And now you're just flat. Your heart is sunk. Listen, you've got to see this thing different. Look what the Bible says here in Joshua chapter 6. Look what he says, Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See? I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, and the mighty men of valor. What? What? I don't see... The walls are still standing. Their armies are on the top of the wall. They got their weapons pointed at us. We haven't, we haven't walked around it one time. And yet the Bible says, God says, See? I've given them to you. Some of you are flat. You've, you've, just, you've lost hope in our country. You've lost hope in the process. You've lost hope in everything. You've lost hope in God. You've listened to some of these prophets on TV who prophesied falsely. Call it for what it is. And now you've lost hope. And God says, see, I've given you the land. See, I haven't fallen off the throne. I'm still God. You're still my people. I'm going to see you through. My plan hadn't changed. My purpose hadn't changed. My, my future for you and our country hasn't changed. See? But you, if you don't see it like the way God sees it, you're never going to have the joy of the Lord as your strength. He said to Joshua, See, I've given you the land. And Joshua could have been like the ten spies that he went out with 40 years earlier. Oh no, the enemies are too big. The situation's too bad. The land is too tough. The walls are too high. But suddenly Joshua started seeing like God saw. If you want to come out, and, and, and when all of this happened now, then when all of this happened, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 5, that God said, I have now rolled away the shame of Egypt off of you. I have now rolled away the shame of Egypt off of you. Some of you have wonderful testimonies. God has done some remarkable things for you. And we rejoice with that.
But that's not the end. That's just the beginning. Your whole life is viewed through the filter of your past. And God is saying, I want to change the way you see things. I want you to start viewing your life in through a future of what can be with me. Not what I've delivered you from, but what I'm taking you to in Christ Jesus. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and he's translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. But we must be people of the covenant, fully surrendered to the word of God. We must be people willing to allow some things to stop in our life. We must be people who are willing to exercise our faith. And we must be people who start seeing our life out of for the future instead of for the past. In Jesus' name. Stand with me, would you?